Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Domestic Violence Survivors event. At this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha James. And also, I welcome our co-host, Ragna Sinikas. She's the CEO and founder of World Woman Conference and Awards. And also, I welcome our other co-host, Dr. Amber Lyons. She is the CEO and founder of From Pain to Purpose. And I also welcome all of our speakers and thank you all for listening in today and for attending our conference. Thank you. At this time, I pass it over to Dr. Lakeisha James. Everyone, welcome to the Global Domestic Violence Survivor event. Again, I am your Masters of Ceremonies for the evening, Dr. Lakeisha James. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and along with this month, we celebrate a lot of things, but tonight we'll be celebrating our survivors. We will hear from some amazing survivors that are continuing to make an impact sharing their story. So let's get started. I want to introduce to you our keynote speaker, Jared Martino. He is an actor, writer, producer, director, and philanthropist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our keynote speaker, Jared Martino. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much. Um, my name is Jared Martino and I create awareness for subjects deserving attention through my company, Love Wins Productions Distribution and Film Festival. I'm a proud partner of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and about a dozen other organizations. Um, I created a partnership with the NCADB through um, our award-winning short film, Stronger Than Pretty. Um, it was titled at that point. And today we have the feature film uh, streaming in 65 countries everywhere you buy and rent movies um, titled My Mom's First Name, Donna, Stronger Than Pretty. Um, our partnership has given my family a stronger voice and I always like to thank uh, the CEO, Ruth Glenn, and the team at the NCADV. Um, through my work, I've witnessed so many stories that turned pain into positive, that I was inspired to then share my mom's heroic journey. The title of the film, again, is my mother's name, Donna. Stronger than pretty is our tagline. Uh, we wrapped production a few years back with a cast of over 200 actors and um, over 50 locations. We span uh, four decades through the film, um, which spans the life of uh, um, my mom through the 60s, uh, through the, from the 60s through the early 2000s. Um, we explore themes such as conditioning, discrimination, sexism, verbal, emotional, physical, and financial abuse. I didn't have a clear representation in the media of what it meant for a family to survive and thrive after a mother is abused mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. Therefore, I wanted to focus, I wanted the focus to be women's empowerment and how Donna made a life for herself and her three children. All I knew was that the amazing childhood that was provided by my mom didn't look like the representation of what single parents um, were portrayed as on TV and film. Uh, there was no classic Disney ending. I always like to say there was no Prince Charming that saved our day. The logline for the film is a, mother, a young mother's American dream 
turns into a living nightmare until she finds the inner strength to listen to a voice she hadn't heard before, her own. I wanted to create a film that celebrated mothers who play the roles of mother and father, as well as clearly depict what it means for a woman to make her way in this world. I believe I felt my mother's pain from the womb, which has been a driving force to unwaveringly commit to sharing her voice and all the women that face injustice. The journey of discovering this was no easy feat. Although the story of domestic violence has been told, I wanted to focus on the empowering moments of how Donna created a life for herself and her family. Being here with you all today is another mark of healing. It was with great pride um, that I share with you the trailer and urge you to support the feature film release, Donna, Stronger Than Pretty. It's streaming again everywhere you buy and rent movies in 65 countries. I was told countless times from execs in the field that there's no need for a film like this. Um, you, can, um, you can find more about the film on donnathemovie.com. And um, again, thank you so much for having me. My journey continues today. Um, unfortunately, we lost my mom to pancreatic cancer. I mean, my journey continues. Um, and we, um, we're now making Holding On To Hope, which is a cancer awareness documentary. I never thought I'd have two films about my mom's life, but um, I, I do believe that it, it's a part of my, my mission here on earth to, um, gives me another opportunity just to keep her spirit alive and to talk about her strength and determination. Um, the last, the closing thing I wanna talk about today is just the importance of boundaries and um, you know, there's so much thankfully that's being done with DV shelters and support groups and children's programs that weren't available um, just even you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, that there's so much work happening. But boundaries are really important. Um, I think I, I watched my mom, you know, and through sharing the film, talk about the fact that um, she became sicker than her abuser. And I think that that's something you, that can be carried on. Um, I, I know that that can be carried on and it's, it's within the choice to, to then break that cycle, um, to say, I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. And this film helped us realize that we're survivors, the partnership and all the countless stories that we've heard, um, you know, but it is, it is a, a, a process and it's, it's really deep rooted, especially through the intergenerational trauma um, and then coming from uh, a background of, of any sort of violence. Um, so really just making, making that clear switch. I'll never forget Ruth Glenn sharing that she considered her, herself a, a survivor and a thriver um, after being shot in the head um, and multiple times and not knowing if she'd survive. Um, and then from that day, uh, going on to become the CEO of the NCADV and uh, all the beautiful hard work that she does uh, on a daily basis. So thank you for having me and I appreciate this opportunity and all the 
the hard work and the ripple effects that um, that this that that uh, events like this help bring. Thank you so much, Jared, for sharing your story. We appreciate you. Our next speaker is Heidi Marie Farron. She is a talented actor, writer, speaker, among other things. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Heidi Marie Farron. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor to be here with all of you um, and a really important topic to me personally. And um, I just wanted to talk about why well, I wanted to start with the actual physical definition of what domestic violence is, because I think that I myself even struggled to think that, um, to, to understand fully how, how prevalent it is. Um, so just quickly, the, um, the actual definition is the willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or other abusive behavior as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. And it includes physical, sexual, economic threats, emotional, and psychological abuse. So it's, it's not just physical, it's what it's the unseen scars. And there are one in four women and one in 10 men that experience any of any of these items in their lifetime. And that's just the ones that get reported. And there were 42% just of all people in the United States. And that was 2018. And during the pandemic, it grew exponentially. And domestic violence is not, um, it's not just a definition, it's, it's, it's my own experience. So I am a survivor myself um, that uh, domestic violence that started when I was a toddler and continued um, in the form of uh, different people in my adult uh, relationships growing up. And this, and I had to actually break the pattern because a lot of times when you come from trauma as a child, uh, it's harder to recognize it as an adult. Um, and, and it stays with you. It stays with you and it stays on you, but it is not you. It is not all of you and it is not who I am in, in any way, but I found a way to have it be, have it be a springboard instead of my destruction. Because at the end of the day, when you come from a place of trying to survive, eventually there's another place where you realize that you're in it together, that the, that domestic violence has touched all of us. And as Miss USO, when I um, uh, served our service members, I realized that my trauma as a child and as an adult was also an opportunity for me to connect with other people experiencing similar trauma on a deeply personal and empathic level. And I found for me, the best thing I could do with these scars that are seen and unseen was to use them as a way to make the world a better place so that we use these things not we we make the world a better place not in spite of our our wounds but because of our wounds and i think art is an is an excellent place to do that and telling your story because there's words have a physical presence they they there's scientific evidence that show 
that uh, were, I mean, we hear it in everything. I mean, even it's biblical. In the beginning was the word. There's a, a vibration of the space. You physically change the air around you when you speak and when we commune and when we share our stories, we, we, we create real positive change. It's a physical act. And, uh, and that's why now um, I work with lots of organizations to try to help people tell their story and impact the world around them because it, it, changes, it changes an experience that would leave you, that the world can label as victimization. It changes your story and has you own it in a way that's powerful and it's yours. So instead of focusing on what an aggressor took from you, you, you get to own it and say, no, this is something that is mine and that I can, I can use to make the world a better place. So, so instead of letting people win by taking your thoughts, by stealing your, your memory, you, you steal them back by having it impact the world around you. Um, and there's an important reclamation that happens when you can tr transform your traumatic experience into something that is in your control. Um, and that is something that's been very important to me joining groups like um, ASCA, Adult Survivors of Childhood Abuse. And, um, and I encourage anyone to join a group, to tell your story, to engage with the people around you, because uh, you make a difference in the lives of the people around you every single day. And your words matter. They, they have a physical presence. Thank you so much for having me here today you every single day and your words matter they they have a physical thank you Heidi so much for sharing your story I like to see it in unseen scars a lot of um of us go through domestic violence but if you don't see the scars you don't think anyone is going through it thank you so much for sharing your story our next speaker is Michelle Quick Michelle is a global inspirational speaker and leadership coach and co-author ladies and gentlemen please welcome our next speaker Michelle Quick and thank you so much and it is an honor to be here and hello from Denmark um, all the way from Denmark very dark outside so but um, yeah I want you I want to invite you back to 2008 an autumn day I was happy and content I had a nice house a beauty clinic. My lovely daughter had just been born. And a handsome man. All was well. Or was it? My then boyfriend had been out with friends that weekend. I was going to get something in the car. And I see two pairs of old women's boots. I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't want to see it. I asked my boyfriend where they came from. I'm mad because I know, but he gets madder than me. He twists my words, we argue, and suddenly he hits me over the head and I land on the bed. I'm quiet. I hold my cheek. I'm in shock. 
it was the first time I was beaten by my boyfriend. Transforming every experience into a game. Take ownership of your past. So how can I turn this into a win for me? Transform every experience into a game. Take ownership of your past. Hmm. An experience only becomes valuable and useful once you, you've transformed it into a game. Who would you be without your experience, good or bad? Research shows that confidence is not what creates success, but rather prior success is actually what creates confidence. But how do you see yourself? Have you won or have you failed? How many here can have a bad day? How many here thinks it's terrible that women live in violence or men too? I do. Hell yeah, it's just wrong. I can get so mad and so hurt. How could we let it happen? If we go there, if we go into the gap about ourselves and undervalue ourselves and underappreciate ourselves, if we go into the gap about other people turning them into the problem or the enemy. We go into the gap about far too many things and perhaps it's a good time to stop complaining. It's about taking responsibility for our lives. Not to forget what has happened, but to make it what has taught us something. I just heard a wonderful woman almost saying the same thing and I was happy because this is our superpower. What has helped us? What has shaped us? What do we choose it to mean for us? I am who I am today because of what I have chosen to learn from my past. I'm not who I was. I am much better. When I was writing this today, I thought it was going to be easy because I have thought the thoughts many times. I've talked about it times too and told my children, or sorry, my daughter actually, because I got away. When she was two years old, I got away from my ex and I've been with a wonderful man the last 13 years. I made a choice that I needed to be the strength in her life because I wasn't able to be the strength in my life. I wasn't able to take care of myself. 
So my daughter saved my life in a way because I was fighting for her. So me coming here today and being able to give this little speech about a little part of my life is me again trying to help other people just a little bit to not feel alone and to see the gain of what the past was like. So thank you so much. This was all from Denmark today, this evening. Thank you so much, Michelle. I like that. Take ownership of your past. A lot of us don't do that. That is very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Kai, um, Carla Doctor. Carla is a transform, transfer, transformational speaker, author, coach, and survivor. She is the founder of EmpowerCon, an international women's empowerment conference and retreat, and Venture Life LLC. Carla is on a mission to empower, educate, energize, and equip others with the skills, tools, and resources to heal and transform their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Carla. Doctor. Hello, loves. Thank you so much for being here. The energy and love in this space, in this room, in the interwebs around the globe can move mountains. And for me, my journey started back when I was 15 years old in my very first relationship, like a real relationship. And I didn't know any different and schools, they don't teach about it. They don't talk about it. I didn't even have words for what it was that I experienced. I just assumed that this is what it was like behind closed doors. See, my family, my parents had this beautiful relationship high school sweethearts, living their best life. And again, I didn't know any better. So when I went on a couple years in, I was uh, applying to college. And as I was going through that and looking at schools and I was going to go to school for occupational therapy and my boyfriend had asked me if I was going to work with other men. And I said, well, I assume that I will. And it was a huge fight. And he did not want me to go to college because he wanted me to go to tech school with him um, and get into mechanics. And I couldn't wrap my head around that. Like, can't handle me working and serving other, other people, but you want me there. And I was like, this light bulb went off and it was, I deserve so much better than what I'm getting right now. And it's a hard thing to come by when all of the words that are being poured into you about how worthless you are, how dumb and stupid and ugly, and nobody else will ever want you. And all of these lies that they tell us just so that they could have us all to ourselves. Because if we were so dumb, ugly, stupid, why do they want us so bad? Why do they want us under their grips and their control? 
And so I got this idea and I was like, oh my gosh, I deserve so much more. And I left that relationship and it was a long trial because you'd show it up at my work and was stalking me and all these other pieces, but eventually was able to move past that. And then I got into another relationship and I thought this time it was going to be different. But the same thing started coming again and again and again. And I was like, wait, I feel like I've, I've experienced this before. Three years later, out of that relationship, and then into another. And you see the pattern in the cycle continues because we, we've been programmed these lies about ourselves, about our worth, about our, our strength, our confidence, all of these pieces. And these individuals have played such a beautiful part in my life. And honestly, I wouldn't take back time. Because of those experiences, I then ended up going to college for criminal justice, psychology, and forensic science was going to be CSI before it was a popular TV show. And upon graduating college, I was trying to get into law enforcement. And soon thereafter, got a DUI, uh, driving under the influence. And I thought, well, how did this happen? And I could think back to the moment of the assault that had occurred and when a light switch flipped within me to where it went from casual drinking every once in a while to drinking because I didn't want to feel everything that I felt anymore. And then I realized how big of a blessing that DUI was because then it gave me the aha one, that law enforcement was not the route for me. I had decided that I was no longer energetically available to fix these individuals in my life. And that I was going to go love and serve other individuals who've experienced something similar to me. And that's when my journey started to then work at nonprofits. And for the past 12 years professionally, I worked at nonprofits serving survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, human trafficking. I sat on task force, the governor's task force against the rape kit backlog, so many different things. And we think that this is not an issue that happens to us, not to my family, not here, but we must start talking about it because it affects us all. And whether you personally know somebody or you have experienced this, we all know somebody. And because of the stigma around talking about domestic violence is so heavy. And there are so many victim blaming statements. So why doesn't she leave? And why doesn't she do this? And why doesn't she do that? Well, why does he do this to her? We never question the abuser. We question the individual who feels like they don't have a voice. Well, I went through all of this so that I could be a voice for those who don't have one. I have the ability to be able to articulate my story and move mountains. And so do all of you. And the time is now for us to start speaking up, for us to start shining our lights, for you to find the hope, the healing, the love, the support that you deserve. Wherever you are on your healing journey, or if you're still in that relationship, there are resources and people out there who want to love and support you.
and I could go on and on, but I know that's my time, but I am sending you all so much love, hope, peace, and blessings as you go on this journey called life. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you all for just being brave souls. You guys are so courageous because there's so many women and men that's going through domestic violence that doesn't have a voice yet, but you guys are giving them the opportunity to speak up. Thank you so much for being here and showing up today. Our next speaker is Linda Sunshine West. She is the CEO and founder of Women Action Takers, sharing your voice with the world's six-time best-selling author, speaker, executive film, producer of Wishman Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Linda Sunshine West. Hi, everybody. First, I want to thank you for having me here because when this opportunity came up, my first question was, am I qualified? That was my first question because... I'm just a child of domestic abuse. And so I really thought that I wouldn't be qualified to even speak on this topic. Um, But I see that I am very qualified, unfortunately, very qualified. And there's this saying that I remember when I was a kid, and I used to say it all the time, and maybe you've said it too, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that is the worst thing for for me, at least, is there was never hand laid on me. It was always the words, the words that really impacted my life for so many decades, 51 years of my life. So as, um, what was it? Michelle was mentioning about responsibility for our own lives. I remember I was uh, 51 and I happened to do something a little bit different in my life. And I decided I was going to break through a fear every single day for a year because I realized that fear was stopping me from living my life. And one of the things that came up during that year is a book, a book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And the very first principle is to take 100% responsibility for your life. And I remember I read just that chapter title. I didn't even need to read the chapter. It was that title that really made a shift in my mind and said, oh my God, I've spent the last 51 years blaming my parents for my life, blaming my boyfriends, many, I had many boyfriends for my life, blaming my bosses, blaming all these other people in my life, never looking at myself and saying, how did I play a role in this? Yes, they played a role, but I also played a role, the victim role. And I also gave credit to everybody else for all the things that I did well. So not only was I looking at like from the bad side of, you know, this is like, you know, blaming everybody else for the bad things happening in my life, but also giving credit to others. And I looked at that one title right there in that book and that thing spoke to me. And it was that moment that I made a shift and I made a decision that from this moment forward, I will accept all responsibility for everything that goes on in my life. Was it easy? No. But was it a shift that was necessary? I feel like it was, yes. I used to live in shame. I didn't want to talk about anything that went on in my life, you know, because there was so much bad and I remember there was one, one scenario, my little sister and I were five years old. I was five. She was about four and we were sitting on the bed and I was holding on to her. I was her protector. This five-year-old little girl was her protector because mom and dad were out in the living room having one of their fits. You know, it was mostly dad having a fit and mom taking it is what it was. But I was this protector of this little girl, this little four-year-old. And I carried that person into my life. Like I wanted to protect everybody. 
And it's really interesting how, as we can look back on our lives, we can see how the different trajectories that we've gone on and to get us to where we are today, it's like, it was necessary for me to go all through all that stuff so that I could be where I am today. I don't know. People say that all the time, but was it really necessary? I don't know. But I'll just say for this scenario that yes, it was necessary for me to be able to have compassion for those who are going through what I went through, for me to be able to have understanding, for me to be able to listen to both sides, because there's a lot of healing that has gone on since age 51, a lot of healing. Since that time, my parents have both passed away, and I came to a place of not only forgiveness for my dad, but also a place of gratitude. Because I realized that I was not really going to fully be able to heal just by forgiving. That I needed to understand that my dad was living the best life he knew how. And to be grateful to him for all those episodes that taught me a lot. They taught me how to behave. They taught me how to you know, have that, again, that understanding and compassion for others. They taught me to be able to just really understand myself like where I come from. That's where I came from. But you know what? Those sticks and stones, they no longer hurt me because I've taken full responsibility for how I act and how I react and how I respond to what gets thrown at me. So I say from my point of view here today is to just stand up for yourself and say, here I am and accept me for who I am. And I love myself for who I am. If you need help, go out there, find help, because it is out there as evidence just by the small panel right here, just a small panel. There's, there are millions of people who are out there who are ready to help you through whatever situation you're going through. Just reach out and you'll find that your fears, your fears of asking for help, that fear of judgment, which is most likely what it is, that it's going to be unfounded. And instead, it's going to be met with somebody who's going to be like, I am here. And I'm ready to help you to make it across that finish line. Let's go. We got this, girl. My name is Linda Sunshine. I'm actually a, a 14 times number one international bestselling author. I've got to update that bio. And oh my gosh, some of the things I'm doing today are because I decided, decided to do something different and step out there. So enjoy the summit. Thank you so much, uh, Gigi, for reaching out to me and having me on the panel. I do belong here. <laughs> yes, you do. And I would not have you anywhere else. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I like that. Stand up for yourself. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Jessica Maloney. Jessica is the life coach, LMHC, NCC speaker, author. And you can reach her at jessicamaloney.net. And she's from Long Island, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Jessica Maloney. Hello, everybody. Thank you for that introduction. And thank you for having me here. Um, I would like to address the mental and emotional and psychological aspects of abuse, some that have been touched on already. But it's something that I have experienced personally and that I was embarrassed to admit for a long time because I, I should have known better. As a licensed mental health counselor, studied this. And I still fell in the trap. But it is an honor to be able to be here because I get to tell you now how I stand on my story and I no longer stand in my story. I get to tell you how I turned a scared, insecure girl who 
who didn't know who she was for most of her life, into the girl who shared stages with incredible people like Les Brown. I get to tell you how the girl who spent her whole life thinking she was fat got to be on billboards in Times Square sharing messages of self-love and body positivity. How the girl who struggled with self-loathing and self-sabotage became an award-winning women's empowerment coach. All of this self-loathing led me into a slew of toxic relationships where I became dependent on a man to determine if I was worthy of love, if I was good enough for pretty much anything. And it wasn't until an argument that I found myself in one night, an argument that I had countless times before, but this time I just couldn't fight anymore. It was, I had essentially signed up to be a volunteer victim in my own life. I was always overreacting. I was always too sensitive. It was always my fault. I always didn't remember things correctly. Was it me? Just imagine, maybe some of you have experienced this, feeling completely drained, hunched over crying, holding your heart in pain. If you've ever seen like one of those cartoons where the little girl's tapping on the glass and with each tap, the glass shatters a little bit more until it finally breaks. It was like time stood still for the first time in my entire life and everything that I had inside of me, every fiber of my being came crashing to the ground. And I stood there crying, trying to catch my breath. He stood over me and said, you'll be a stronger person because you met me. In that moment, I realized that I had surrendered to allow how he made me feel to dictate my thoughts, my choices, and the people around me. In that moment, I realized that if I wanted somebody to save me, that I needed to save me. That if I want somebody to love me, that I needed to love me. Ray Smith once said, adversity shakes the foundation of our character to see if what we believe in value is really worth standing for. The problem I had is that my value system, my beliefs were shaped by so many other people. I didn't have any of my own. And as you can imagine, the beliefs I had about myself we're pretty much on the negative side. Beliefs and values are some of the most beneficial foundations for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in your life. One of the things that I wanted to share with you is when it comes down to psychological abuse, roughly 48% of women and almost equally 48% of men have experienced at least one psychologically aggressive behavior by an intimate partner. The effects of psychological and emotional mental abuse can often be longer lasting and more intense than those of other forms of abuse. And interestingly enough, subtle psychological abuse can be more damaging to one's mental health than outright aggression. One of the most common forms of psychological abuse includes gaslighting, which is making their victims question their sanity, their perception of reality, and their memories, leaving them feeling confused, anxious, and with a diminished sense of self-trust. Now, here's another thing. I want you to remember this one. The root, the Latin root of the word confidence means trust. So if somebody is taking away the self-trust that you have, they are deteriorating your confidence. And that is not something that we are ever going to let go of. So one of the best ways to combat this mental and psychological and emotional abuse is by boundaries. I know that word was thrown around a little bit earlier, but boundaries, contrary to popular belief, are not there to hurt other people. They are there to protect us. Boundaries are created to protect your peace, not necessarily keep other people out, but to protect you. And one thing that I don't want you to feel bad about is setting a boundary. 
this will be hard because the people who you set boundaries with, who are used to walking all over you, will not like the fact that you have a boundary now. And these are some other things that I don't want you to ever feel bad about anymore. We're not going to feel bad about setting boundaries. We are not going to feel bad about saying no to things. We are not going to feel bad about our success. We are not going to feel bad about removing people who no longer serve us. We are not going to feel bad about outgrowing people who decided not to grow along with us or who decided to stay still. We are not going to feel bad about doing what's best for us and investing in ourselves and moving into our future. We all are here for this survivor's event. So whatever it is that you face next, just remember you have survived everything that was meant to destroy you. You are capable, strong, and incredible. And I thank you for the opportunity to share my story with you. Wow, you all are amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing your story. Stand on my story, not in my story. That's powerful. Thank you so much for that, for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Jovi Daniels. Daniels, the principal and host of Jovi D Podcast, a fun-filled, informative audio lifestyle blog about my journey from television broadcasting to internet podcasting. Produced by Akira Media and distributed through iTunes and Anchor. Join her as she shares industry tips from the broadcasting world and how she applies it to her podcasting show. Tune in to listen to her guest journey from corporate America to new age digital platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Yovi Daniels. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Awesome. I am Jovi D. Thank you for inviting me to this um, amazing global event. My story starts with when I wanted to change my career. I was living in Miami and I went to LA. Long to behold, I was in an on and off relationship that was just not working out. But I had the opportunity of a lifetime to just change everything. Uh, So I started, I landed in LA, I left Miami and things were working out really great. I finally got the opportunity to be the manager that I wanted at the time. However, only to learn that the partner that I had at the time was not supportive enough at the, you know, for what I was doing. And it caused such a turmoil, a turmoil in my performance, a turmoil where I literally got fired. I was given a warning. And I'm picking up on what other speakers have said. I was constantly gaslighted, and my self-esteem, my my whole persona was in question and doubts. My employees were not respecting me because of the lack of self-worth that I had within myself. So with that being said, the emotional, the spiritual abuse, everything was taking a toll on me. I needed to dig really deep inside my being and my self-worth and really determine that if I wanted to continue forward, I needed to let this go. I needed to shut everything down. And 
I will say, thank God, I had the feedback of friends that highlighted my spirit to tell me that I'm worth it, that I need to be kind and have grace for myself and not to carry myself with shame and let that go. I cannot take back the mistakes that I made, but I can take back the courage that I took upon myself to change my narrative. I, I let that go. And uh, it took me a while, a lot of tears, a lot of re recognizing yourself and rebirth of, of my new person and definitely making sure that I'm not going to allow anyone, anyone ever again to determine who I am, what I am, and what I'm worth. With that being said, I turn on the mic. Thank you very much, Dee. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Our next speaker is, we have a man in the house, ladies, Matthew Santana Jr. He is a photographer, act, author, videographer, marketing consultant, screenwriter, mentor, and life coach. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Matthew Santana Jr. Hello, 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 ladies. How's everybody doing? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm we can. glad and honored to be here. It is a pleasure. Um, what I love to do is help people every day. But as I was going yes, up, I've seen a lot of women hurt and abused. And, and it wasn't until I got older and I seen myself in the same situation. Um, and I was like, okay, what can I do to get myself out of this? And I didn't realize until it was almost too late and you know ended up in the hospital with a fractured uh, face and broken ribs and things like that I had to realize that time is now for me to heal get up and move on and let it go so I opened um started a nonprofit where I help women that's been through domestic violence and sexual assault how to heal from that trauma and move on from it because it's always better if you have a great support system if you know somebody that's been through it so you can listen to their stories because it's you know you only get one life I tell people life is only for a moment and you get one life so if you just waste that life on somebody else running your life for you you won't be able to live so the time is now to heal move on and become a better you um, I know in 2019, I started an anthology, Rebirth of a Woman, Discover Unspoken Secrets, and I had 20 women that were able to speak up about their situations and move on because they were ready to heal from that past trauma, from that hurt, from that abuse. And sometimes I think to myself that if I would have gave up a long time ago, a lot of these people wouldn't have able to be healed and be motivated by me sharing my story or me helping um, them on their journey. And that's all you need is just at least one person to say, I'm here for you. You're not alone in this. And when you get that support system and that, that group of people that believe in you, that's gonna help you make it, you start to grow stronger within yourself. It starts with you first. If you're ready to move on, if you're ready to be healed, if you're ready to keep on going, then 
that's the motivation you need to move on from all this trauma, all this hurt. And so I know it does hurt sometimes because a lot of people do when trying to move on, they relive a lot of the things that they've been through. And I know I've, you know, done it myself where I, you know, try to move on from one thing and it's, it's traumatizing. It does hurt. So, you know, I go through my list of people that support me, that I can vent to, that I can talk to, to help me heal and get me right back in the headspace that I need to be in. And that's all that you need. And growing up around a lot of women, just seeing them abused, it's a different life when you're in it yourself or if you see somebody else that's going through it, it's, it's kind of hard to get over what you've been through. But I know a lot of people have reached out to me to, you know, thank me for helping them or any of the books that I've read or they heard me speak about healing from this trauma that I went through, healing from this. The, every, I tell people everything that I've been through that I talk about is something I've been through personally. So I'm not going to go and tell you or make up anything to get you to believe what I'm saying. It's what I've been through. I went through a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma from a young age, growing all the way up to at least 25. I'm now 31 and I'm glad that I was able to look in that mirror and tell myself that I can get out of this. I can keep moving. I can be healed from everything that hurt me, that broke me, all that negativity that they spoke into me. I can speak positivity into myself and I can keep on going because life is only for a moment and I only get one life and I'm not giving up on myself and everybody that comes into my life. I'm going to help them make it just like I made it. And I just want to thank Gigi for allowing me to be on this platform and allowing me to speak. Thank you, Matthew. It's been a minute You're since welcome. we've been on this platform together, so it's good <laughs> seeing you again. It's always um, great hearing you share your story. Thank I'm you so much be for being here. transparent. Thank and thank you for being here as a man sharing your male perspective on domestic violence. We definitely appreciate you. Our next speaker is Dana Banks. She's an esteemed business intuitive, motivational public speaker and author. Dana Lane Banks is from Maryland. Her strong desire to fulfill life's greater purpose is achieved through her dedicated volunteerism as a hospice caregiver and many key roles within her local community and beyond. Then enjoys free time immersing herself with spiritual growth and embracing every day a new positivity. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Dana Banks. Is she frozen? Dana? Can you hear me okay? Yes, now we can. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Having a little technical difficulty. How's everyone doing? Um, my name is Dana Banks. It seems like Dan is having a bit of technical difficulty. So we're gonna go on to the next speaker and we'll come back to Dana. Our next speaker is Daniela Roman. Daniela, um, oh, she's back. Can, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you we're hear me okay? To the next okay. speaker. Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, great. Um, 
as I was saying, um, I had a very um, dysfunctional Okay, Dan, if you can, Dana. Uh, you know, as someone that was young and naive, if you will. The, re, uh, the marriage lasted for about 14 years. It was uh, a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of controlling behavior. And it was not until I... Um, I mean, at that point, when I had exhibited more power, that's when he, he, my former husband, finally realized. Okay, we're going to go to the next speaker. Um, our next speaker is Daniela Roman. Daniela is an international best-selling author and speaker. Her best-selling book, Beyond Closed Doors, I Survived Domestic Violence, and You Can Too, went bestseller on Amazon and number one best new release in several categories. In addition, Daniela is the CFO of, of the co-authored New Network, LLC, and AMA, where the mission is to share your story with the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Daniela Roman. Thank you so much, Dr. James, and it's an honor to be here. Uh, so I am. I wanted to share the importance of not holding in trauma, not holding in secrets, because that only prolongs the healing. And I'm a perfect example of that because, you know, my story goes back 30 plus years now. And it wasn't until a few years ago, about three years ago, that I actually decided to open up and share what I had been through. So for those 30 years, because this, you know, happened once between 17 and 25, I had two abusive relationships. And after that just went on with my daily life, like, like everything was normal, like nothing happened. And then creeping up in those years was depression, anxiety, eating disorders, suicidal thoughts, you know, just, but not knowing why, really did not know why as I was going through it. And it wasn't until I connected with my husband now, a few years back, he shared trauma that he had gone through. And that just instantly triggered something. And, and back, you know, going back, I was married 22 years. Never did I share 22 years with this person what I had been, never thought about it, never thought about sharing it. And because my husband now, when he shared with me his traumas, it was like a light went off and I knew I had... It's just and, and I felt comfortable. Uh, you know, everything is about timing, I guess. Although I went through all those years of dealing with what I dealt with, that just happened to be the right moment for me to finally open up and release this. So when I did, and it wasn't just domestic violence, it was also a secret that I never spoke. It wasn't that it wasn't that no one knew that I had gone through domestic violence, but no one knew that I had gone through a sexual assault. Never told a soul. So that was eating away with, you know, at me all these years without me really realizing it. So when I released that and, you know, forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is key to your healing, because if you don't let go of, you know, what that person did to you, 
it, it will haunt you the rest of your life because that person who hurt you has gone on with their life. They're not thinking about you. They're not worried about it. They're not hurting. You know, we're only hurting ourselves. So the forgiveness is for us, not for the other person. So once I did that and released all of that and shared in several co-authorships uh, my story, the healing began. And it was like a weight lifted. And then you, when you have women reaching out to you and saying, you know, your story really moved me. And, you know, my daughter's going through this or my sister is dealing with this. And just hearing your story is helping them to, you know, want to speak up and, and you know, get out of these uh, relationships. So, you know, my, my mission is to help women to release these secrets, to find what helps you get through your stresses and you know for me if anyone that knows me knows my passion is cooking you know I had a restaurant for 20 years and looking back you know whenever I was going through something cooking was my my go-to you know I it's like I'm in a zone I create I do that and that helped me through the healing so you know helped me through whatever I was dealing with at that time so after releasing you know all of this and in the anthologies and um just sharing more of my story with what my husband and I do. We, you know, we have something like was said at the beginning, the co-author network where we help people share their stories with the world. So helping people to realize how important their story is, no matter what, it doesn't matter if it's about domestic violence or, you know, whatever your story is, it needs to be told. We all have a story and in one way or another, it can help someone else. So that was my whole goal of, speaking up as well is to, to help someone else in that's in the same relationship to know that you don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to, you know, take this abuse your whole life and stay as many years as a lot of us did, you know, getting to these young women, these young girls that are 14, 15 years old and getting into these kind of relationships younger and younger. And it's hard to get out, especially when, you know, they're naive, they don't know, you know, us having the experience and the years that we have and knowing what we've been through, our message, you know, it can reach these young women and hopefully, you know, get them, prevent them from even getting in these type of relationships or if they're in it to get out, you know, that they can get out. And today there's so many more resources, even than 30 years ago, 30 plus years when I had dealt with this. So there's so much, you know, there's really, I don't want to say no excuse because, you know, like someone said earlier, you know, people judge or like, well, why did you stay? Why didn't you just leave? You know, there's so many factors, you know, they, they whether they threaten you or if it's the finances or if it's the children, you know, you just feel stuck. You're dependent on them. So it's not it's not as easy as saying, you know, oh, just leave, you know, because it's not that easy. But today there are many resources, uh, you know, out there for women to to go to, to be, you know, safe with their kids. And, you know, that's just something, you know, that that I want to really share and as far as sharing your story um women need to know their worth know your worth know that don't ever let anyone you know say to you you're not worthy you're not good enough you're not you know deserving of all things great because you are you are you know never let people get into your head and being young and naive as i was of course you know inexperienced i mean you know where I came from, I came from a very, you know, traditional Italian family, strict. I never was allowed to go out or date or do anything. So leaving the home at 18 and getting out into the real world, you know, I, I was inexperienced. So you trust very easily. You believe things, you know, and you think you're in love when you're young and, and all of that. But 
you know, when you experience certain things, you know, you know, when you know better, you do better. So that's what, you know, we need to, to really realize, know your worth. Don't let people, it doesn't matter if it's a spouse or a partner or a friend or your work or coworker, it doesn't matter. Never let someone get into your head and, you know, have you believe that you're not worthy. And, you know, we're our own worst enemy. You know what I mean? We really are a lot of times. And when, you know, you tell yourself, you, you have to love yourself or believe in yourself or anyone else to, because if you don't, it shows. If you're not confident, if you don't believe in yourself, people pick up on that right away. So they're not going to believe in you, you know? So that's why I, you know, I'm passionate about that. And I started a co-authorship. I don't know if you can see behind me, it's kind of hard to see, but it's behind closed doors. I survived domestic violence and you can too. So this is a platform for women uh, to share their story. You know, many of the women, they were, you know, their first response was, I'm not ready. Or, you know, uh, I'm afraid of someone reading this. And, you know, all the all the different excuses that we give because we're just, it's fear. All it is is fear. So once they got past that, they shared their story. It got out. And now they are leveraging that to do, you know, some women in this book are, uh, have their own nonprofit organization or they're, you know, speaking on platforms on domestic violence or doing things like this. And so that, you know, is why I began this book. And now I'm on the second edition of Behind Closed Doors as well. And just having more women just, you know, the more that speak up, the more attention and awareness brought to this, what I call globic, you know, epidemic, the better. And, you know, more, more women can be helped. So my, you know, what I say is I've gone from hurting to healing to now helping. Thank you. Thank you, Daniela, for sharing your story. Thank you. Now I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors. Without them, this would not be possible. And of course, without our visionary, Rajaline and Gigi Sabat, this would not be possible. You know, God has given her something that she's been birthing for years and she brings us together for the greater good. Um, I did forget to actually introduce her in the beginning, so I want to do that now. She is the motivational keynote speaker, five-time best-selling author, life coach, first-generation Haitian American, the host of What With Me podcast on JRQ TV, financial expert and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC, which is also endorsed by Les Brown. Our sponsors are Ragne Sinikis. She is the founder of World Women's Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs TV, Changemakers Coach, and Public Speaker. Michael D. Butler, he is the CEO of Beyond Publishing, Book Publisher, Global Speaker, and Media Coach. Daniel Gomez, he's the keynote speaker, corporate trainer, executive coach, confidence coach, architect, and author. Melly Ake, she is the founder of Everyday Leaders, professional coach and consultant, and she's also a certified John Maxwell Team Leadership Coach. And myself, Dr. Lakeisha James, I am the owner of Design Events by Lakeisha. We're located in Atlanta, Georgia. And we do have a few other speakers that are not here. They should be coming in shortly. But until they get here, we will have some closing remarks by both of our co-hosts, Dr. Amber Lyons, and then Ragne Sinikis, myself, and then, of course, our visionary, Gigi Sabat. Dr. Amber Lyons, you ready? Hello, everyone. How are you? Um, thank you so much for joining us today for this um, very impactful, educational, informative, insightful 
and inspiring global domestic violence survivors event. I wanna thank the visionary, the wonderful Rageline Gigi Sabat um, of Life Service Center of America and the uh, Wilmer Thompson of Florida chapter. Um, I would like to acknowledge and thank um, Reagan A. Sinekis for um, the founder of Wilmer Thompson Awards for um, working with us and having me um, to partner with you guys and to be able to be a co-host in bringing this event to the forefront. You know, domestic violence advocacy is what I has birthed me into the work that God has me doing um, as um, our wonderful uh, MC and um, Dr. Lakeisha James has already stated, uh, my organization is, hey sister, is from Pain to Purpose Incorporated, which is a domestic violence and teen dating violence advocacy organization in Stone Mountain, Georgia, in the USA. And we've worked feverishly for years in the community uh, with governmental agencies, uh, churches, businesses, schools, all kinds of any place that you wanna think about, trying to educate, empower, encourage, and equip people in regards to the intervention and prevention of domestic violence. So the speakers today have all blessed me all, thank you for sharing your stories. Um, thank you for bringing your uh, transparency to the forefront, um, especially our speaker that said this was your first time speaking. It takes a lot of courage uh, because, you know, there is a thing called re-victimization re where people continue to vi victimize you even after you have told your story and gaslight you as we heard today, trying to make you think that there's something wrong with you, that you're off mentally, that what happened didn't happen. But continue to embrace your truth, continue to walk in healing and forgiveness, continue to educate your community globally, locally, nationally, continue to let your light shine so that others may be able to see that domestic violence is real. Not just in October during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but it is real all year round. There is a story of a young girl, 11 year old girl named Angelique Ahern, who was shot by her father on Monday evening, October the 17th in Barrow County, Georgia. She was shot and killed as a sixth grader, 11 year old girl by her father. Her mother, who was his girlfriend was shot. She is in the hospital and there were no prior, uh, no prior calls, the sheriff said to them from that residence stating that there was domestic violence in the home. So I would encourage you to, even if you think the PPO, the protective order or whatever it is, is not going to work. Even if you feel, report and document everything that happens, let them know when the incidents are going on because that paper trail validates you, God forbid, if something does happen. And it's sad that we have to have receipts to validate the abuse that has happened in the lives of people. Here it is, 
a beautiful 11 year old girl, her life is gone. And that's the reason why From Pain to Purpose was birthed, to give life and, and to give a voice to women and children who were suffering in silence and has become so much more since then. But gun violence is a part of the world and we know that, but did you know that um, on around 4.5 million women were shot at in regards to domestic violence and almost 1 million have been shot from an intimate partner due to domestic violence. Domestic violence is real. So we have to continue to educate. We have to continue to let people know that this is an issue that we are speaking out against, we're educating, and we have to get the, the world to see. And even if it's one person at a time to see, you may not think that this has anything to do with you, but one of the things that my organization speaks and has spoken for years, we even have t-shirts to prove it, what affects the home, effects, the school, the church, the community, and your business. That entire community of Barrow County, Georgia, is devastated. The teachers, the schools, the family, they have to bring in counselors, her little peers in school. Everyone is devastated by that one act. So we have to remember what goes on in the home, that, that saying, what goes on in this house stays in this house. When it comes to abuse, we don't adhere to that. Abuse needs to be exposed. The abuser remains powerful when that is silenced, when that victim is silenced. But we wanna be able to continue to help more and more people to go from being a victim to a survivor, so we who are here today have become thrivers because now you are shedding light on a very tragic and horrific issue in our community. There's so much more that I could share, but I'm gonna stop there by saying that it is my honor to be here as an educator, as an advocate, as an activist, as a global leader, to be able to share with you today and hear your powerful stories. Thank you so much. And listen, report, raise your voice. Don't think that your voice is not important because it is. If you have one person supporting you, that is enough for you to be able to go from being a victim to a survivor. So let's continue to hear love one another, and let's help eradicate this horrific issue in our community. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Amber Lyons. It's good to see you, sis. It's been a minute. So we're going to um, give right now a few minutes to give her closing remarks, and then we do have a speaker that came in, and then we're going to introduce her and let her speak. Hello, hello. I want to thank you everyone who you showed up today. And it's so hard to speak after Amber because she always leaves us speechless. But nevertheless, um, I have heard tonight many times I did not know better. And actually, I have to confess that um, I had the honor to interview 250 amazing people. And uh, the percentage that have gone through some type of domestic violence 
really left me speechless as well. And um, it actually was Gigi who also said, Ragna, are you sure that you haven't gone through yourself? And actually it was, I think now, few years ago when, when it really hit me that uh, the, the domestic violence as such, and maybe we, we, we know only the part, the physical, which leaves the marks, but there are so many other types that, that we hear today. And I think uh, with better awareness, we, we can make better decisions and we know that we, we can have better results. So it's absolutely important that um, when you are in doubt, even if uh, the fists are not involved, even if you are not physically uh, abused, but uh, if you have a doubt that, that you might be under maybe a spell of a narcissist or have uh, any, any, any other type of um, domestic violent, uh, violence going on, then just reach out. Reach out to people that uh, have the exper uh, experience, have the possibility to listen, not to judge. And uh, as Amber said, take action. Because it might be in this form at this point, but you never know when it can escalate. Because we always know that the people are the, always at fault. Now, you said something, or you were something, or you acted something which just released the, the aggression. So I just want you to take a minute today, think of yourself, think of maybe someone who you know that they are not maybe always able to express themselves, and just reach out to people. And, and give them a seed or, or plant the seed that uh, they also do the, do the inner work with themselves and ask, is this right? And if in doubt, reach out to people that can really, really, truly help. And I'm so grateful for each one of you because you have chosen from victim to become or to step into your power and really share your story that that story can also give courage to someone who wants and needs the change in their life. So you're all change makers in someone's life. And I wanna thank you for showing up today for every single life that, that the, your story and this panel can save. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Ragne. So we do have a speaker that showed up, Dr. Rosalind Willis. Dr. Willis is a stroke and domestic violence survivor. She is a sexual assault and domestic violence advocate. Dr. Willis has a passion to serve and reach the lost at any cost. Dr. Willis is the co-founder of TNR Birthing Books Publishing LLC. Dr. Willis is an international public speaker, coach, author, evangelist, and publisher. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Dr. Rosalind Willis. Greetings, everyone, everyone there. I am I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, um, Gigi, for this opportunity. Thank you, um, Ragne, everyone that is here. Hi, sis. Um, and it's just uh, amazing to be here. I'm sitting here right now in my classroom. My students just left. And the subject of domestic violence is something that I've been talking to them about. I'm learning um, with the high school students, age group from 
ninth um, grade to 12th grade that they're experiencing a lot of domestic violence. Um, some of them didn't even realize that it was domestic violence, just as Ragnar just said, a lot of people think that, you know, domestic violence is somebody hitting you and there's a bruise, but there's ones that come here and they won't talk to uh, other people because their boyfriend said that they couldn't, um, you know, they have so much control over them. They've muted them, you know? And so I, I come to share, you know, with me, I, I went through domestic violence and I did not know that's what it was. I really thought it was, that's just the way he is. It affected my children. It affected my life, my family. It affected everything that I touched. So when we think that, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody else. Oh, this is something I'm going through. And you suffer in silence. It is affecting everyone connected to you more than you know. I remember watching my sister go through domestic violence, but she was getting hit. She was getting punched. She had the bruises. And I thought, you know what? At least I'm not going through that. But the, the, the mental, emotional scars that I got from being abused from a domestic abuser, it changed my life forever. So somebody out there listening, you're, you're going through things and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I identify that this is abuse? Whenever you're sitting at a table with someone and you're just getting to know them and they're just getting to know you and you find yourself getting controlled in situations and you're just learning them, these are red flags. When they're trying to change you before they even understand who you are, they're red flags. When you find yourself being put down, even when they joke about it, they jokingly do it. Those are red flags. Domestic violence is something that is happening more than we even want to admit. Not just in our homes, in our schools, they're in our churches, they're in our government. You have some households with women that are married to police officers and they're going through domestic violence and they feel like, who do I tell? Who can I tell about this? So I could go on and on talking about domestic violence, but the better part of it is through everything that I went through, it birthed my passion. It gave me a voice. I came off mute. And I survived and I thrive every day of my life. I give back to students. I give them a daily word, know your worth and give no discounts. I tell them that they can make it. They don't have to be in that position. They don't have to go through that. They are somebody. So I wanna say the same thing to the ones that are listening all over the world. You're somebody, you're somebody special. And as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. You have something that God has called you to do that no one else can do. You have fingerprints because you are a designer's original. Stay encouraged and know that this too shall pass. Don't be scared to tell somebody that you're going through domestic violence. God bless you all. Thank you, sis, Dr. Roslyn. <clears throat> Thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, every time you speak, I just feel your passion. I feel it. I just feel it. Thank, thank you so much for Thank sharing you. your story. 
we do have our other speaker here, Melissa Vogel. She's a speaker, coach, and retail specialist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Melissa Vogel. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I just love listening to everybody's energy, enthusiasm, and coming togetherness about talking about something that unfortunately, almost every single person, if you've experienced domestic violence, has been told, hey, don't talk about it. And it's the people, like the last speaker just said, the people that tell you not to talk about it that are the ones to watch out for. So I commend every single person on here with the courage to be able to share something, share something boldly and lead by example on that level. What I wanna to talk to you guys about, and I'll keep it brief on here, is talk about finding your why and your purpose in life. So I came from a very, very challenging background. My parents came from a very challenging background themselves. And as they say, domestic violence or violence can be a vicious cycle, right? So I wanna share with you guys, how did I break out of that? How did I go out there and find my own voice to be able to share something? And how did I find a why, a purpose, something that was made able to tap me into sharing the stages with some of the biggest speakers in the world, Floyd Mayweather and multiple other ones, John Maxwell, Matthew Knowles, and to be able to scale Fortune 500 companies, what did that process look like? Because it definitely was not like that. So both of my parents were avoiding steroids massively when I was a kid. I was basically kept homeschooled because of the massive abuse that was taking place in my household. The last thing that I was taught was how to multiply fractions. Neither one of my parents graduated high school. And I remember my main, my main caregiver at that time looked at me. He looked at me and he said, you better graduate by the time you're 16. I'm going to make your life an ever living hell. So I taught myself everything from the age nine up with a six-year-old GED book. And my first thought at that point, because my life was always being threatened, there was always that verge on, hey, is this going to be the last moment that everyone's alive? Like it literally would get that intense. I remember when they said that to me, wow, it can get worse than this? Holy crap. And it did. There was more creative ways on how to do the abuse, more creative ways on how to avoid police from getting involved again. There was more creative ways. And one of those creative ways was me staying self-educated and basically a complete secret to all of society. And I'll never forget the day that changed my life. That's why I do what I do. That's why I was able to overcome 12 surgeries back to back, including brain surgery recently and multiple chronic illnesses. And my brain's still not fitting into my skull to this day due to neurological and genetic challenges. And I remember this day, every single time that I run up against a wall, whether it be in the business world, whether it be against ourselves, because sometimes we're the wall that we're running into, whether it be in the marketplace, whether it be in my own relationships, whatever it may be, I remember this day, this why, this purpose that can allow me to understand the actions I need to take to make sure that happiness is real, that my happiness can be real. Because when you come from a domestic violence, a lot of times you see happy families or whatever, and you're like, <laughs> they're all lying. It's not really like that. And I remember not thinking that happiness was real. So I tap into this why, I tap into this memory so I can take actions that help me with remembering and acting and making decisions that make sure that I maintain that happiness. So at the age of 14, I was anorexic and bulimic. 
I had taken a two week long fast and I overdosed. This was like the third or fourth time that I tried. It was more of an apathetic, eh, whatever. If it happens, it happens kind of approach this time. Of course, that was the one that took. Of course, I was home alone as I always was. And I rolled over on my stomach because I could not walk. And I started crawling myself, trying to sit there and see what I was going to do because I could feel my chest closing in on me. I could feel the fact that this overdose was different. I could feel that this was going to be a moment that maybe I wasn't going to make it through. And here's the things that I started thinking of. And if you're going through domestic violence, I want you to think about this as well, because I guarantee you happiness is real and you deserve it. I started thinking, if I opted out of my life, if I made a decision like this, what am I telling other people? Because my actions had a statement towards them. Am I telling people that read my obituary as much as nobody ever knew who I was? Let's say there's maybe one little sentence for Melissa in the obituary, in the paper. Am I telling people that if they're told that their life is pointless, that they should believe the exact same thing? If they're told that their life means nothing, that they should take it as well. That was not what I wanted to tell people with my actions. That wasn't my why with the actions I was taking. And as I crawled myself across the kitchen floor, which was a very small house, it was about 750 square feet, I started violently trying to get the pills out of my system. And I reached up over the counter and I started inhaling as much bread as I possibly could. And I remember being to try to absorb the pills. And I remember opening the refrigerator. I don't even know for what. And then basically just laying with the refrigerator door open up against the fridge. And I said, and I don't want religious or not. I don't want you to miss this message. God source power, whatever you want to call it. But for me at this moment, especially it was God. I said, God, if you let me live through this, I promise to you, I'm going to be the best version of myself for myself. I'm going to show people that they can do anything that they put their minds to, regardless of other people's opinions, limitations, or oppressions. And that hurt people hurt people. And that doesn't make them right. And that was the breakthrough moment. That was the thing where I wasn't doing, I wasn't studying. I wasn't going to go get a job. I wasn't doing any of that crap for anybody else besides myself to lead by example and to show people that there was another choice, another opportunity that they could take when they are in similar situations. And that has been the compass for me to find my happiness, my light, my joy to bring that to others. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope it didn't go too long. And thank you so much. And thank you for everyone watching everywhere. Thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing your story. Thank you so much for showing up. I'll now give my close remarks. Um, I had two experienced domestic violence when I was younger. Never really knew what it was. I just knew what I was experiencing. At a young age, I think I was about 13 years old. I had just entered high school and I had a boyfriend, thought he cared about me. Or so I thought one day he hit me and he would do certain things while we were in school, slap me in front of people, disrespect me. But again, I was young and I thought I was in love and I didn't know who to tell. I couldn't go to my mom and tell her. I couldn't go to my dad because I was embarrassed. Even from my peers around school was scared of him. When they saw him, they would run, but I stayed for three years until I got enough courage to leave. And I just want to share 
what you guys have been sharing today. Thank you so much for being transparent. Thank you so much for sharing your story and lifting your voice because your voice is your superpower. If you impact one person, you've done your job. And we together as a community can continue to build awareness, educate everyone around us in our community internationally. Because this is what we're here for because we experience this to help the next person. It's not for us, it's for the next person. So I want to thank everyone for showing up today being transparent. Thank you guys so much for showing up. And it was an honor to get to know you guys. I want to connect outside of this because we have so many things in common and we can continue to uplift each other and empower each other and educate each other on so many different levels. So again, thank you ladies and um, Matthew, our only guy that showed up to represent this, this epidemic. You know, it's not going anywhere. We just got to continue to educate our families and friends. And like Dr. Amber said, it affects everybody. It just doesn't affect the person that's going through. It affects everyone. So again, thank you guys for showing up. And now we have some closing remarks by our visionary, Rajaline Gigi Sabat. Wow. We heard from amazing speakers today from all over the world. And at this time, I want to say thank you to our speakers. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the co-hosts, Dr. Amber Lyons and, and Ragnar Sinikis. And also thank you all for listening in today. I appreciate you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, raise your hand if a major challenge has occurred in your life that has made you feel strangled by life. Raise your hand. Everyone has experienced that sort of challenge in their lives. Well, here's the thing. I was literally strangled. I'll never forget. Almost four years ago, I almost lost my life. Death by strangulation in a domestic violence relationship while in law school. I had just got done studying and then I was on a phone call with a colleague from the SBA because at the time I was a student bar association president and I was on the couch and I was on the phone and I'll never forget the abuser charged at me, beat me, almost strangled me to death, threw my phone across the room. And when I tried to get back up, I fell flat like a vegetable. And at the time I didn't understand why I fell flat like a vegetable, but the domestic violence advocates told me it's because I lost oxygen to the brain. So the fact that I'm still here and I'm able to utilize my skills and my knowledge, it's truly a blessing. And after everything that happened, I stepped into God's purpose for my life. I launched a podcast, I launched a books, and I launched a company, which I see as a ministry. And I continue to serve God's people and the way he needs me to serve his people. And now write this down, ladies and gentlemen, domestic violence needs to end. Domestic violence needs to end. And I'll say it again, domestic violence needs to end. And if you're listening to this message today, remember that it does not just happen to women, it also happens to men, as you heard from several men today on this panel as well, not just women. So it does happen to women and men. And the speakers who spoke today are a testimony that you can overcome and that there is hope after domestic violence and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can overcome, don't give up. If you're listening to this message today and, and you feel down, and, and you feel like giving up, I encourage you to get back up, get back up and keep up the good fight. And also remember one of the speakers earlier today who spoke mentioned forgiveness. And I want to circle back to that for a moment. Why? Because it truly matters. Forgiveness truly matters. Write that down, ladies and gentlemen, forgiveness truly matters. And I'll say it again. Forgiveness truly matters. 
the Bible states, Father, please forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And so it's so important to forgive. And so that not only so you can move forward, but also to release that from your mind, body, soul, and spirit. Otherwise, it will be weighing you down your entire life. And also remember to give your battles to God and keep him first in all areas of your life. Get back up. And I'll never forget after the domestic violence matter occurred, I got baptized again as an adult and I reread the Bible again as an adult. And so if you're listening to this message, it's okay. It's okay. Yes, you can get baptized again. Yes, you can go back and go deeper, deeper into his word. You can do it. I believe in you. Get back up and keep up the good fight. Forgive and move forward. I believe in you. Never give up. Thank you. At this time, I turn this back over to Dr. Lakeisha James so she can end our event off with a prayer. So Dr. Amber Lyons will be ending our event with a prayer. And again, thank you all for, for just showing up today. Wow. Let's close our eyes and look to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this global domestic violence survivor event. Survivor means that you've come through, that what happened to you is not who you are. Survivor means that you have had another chance at life. Survivor means that you're stronger than you thought you were. Survivor meant that what the enemy meant for evil did not destroy you, but God has made it for your good as we can see from this panel of wonderful and powerful speakers today. God, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of this event. We thank you for allowing us to be able to have an ear to hear when you tell us to go forth and tell our stories. When you tell us that our voice is our superpower, when you tell us that healing is for us as well, when you tell us that we don't have to allow what we've been through to determine who we're going to be in the future, but we can reach back and help someone else to understand if I made it, you can too. If I was able to overcome, you can too. And God, we just say thank you for this opportunity to be able to have our voices go throughout the world to declare that domestic violence must end, to declare that we must know our value and not to give a discount. We must know and be able to continue to declare that what affects the home affects the church, the school, the community, and your business. We must be able to use our voices that you have given us, not as victims, not as people who've been gaslit and people who have been, oh God, told that we are the reason why others are doing what they're doing. We are not the reason why someone else is violent. But God, help us to understand that domestic violence is more than just about the physical. It's more than just about some
someone giving you a black eye or taking a life. But it's about those words that were spoken into your spirit that said that you're no good, that said that you're never going to be anybody, that said that you're never going to be able to accomplish anything, that says that you're the reason why I am the way I am. The Bible says that the letter alone killeth, but the spirit giveth it to life. It said that the tongue, the life and death lie within the power of the tongue. So God, yes, words do hurt. Words can kill your spirit. But you said that you would bear a wounded spirit, God. You said that you would heal those that have a wounded spirit. And those that are listening to this broadcast and that will hear the replay, we ask that you will let healing flow to them. Let them know that they're worth that they are valuable. Let them know that it is not them that are, are the problem. Let them know that they can lift up their heads and they can live again. Let them know that they can help somebody else by telling them about what domestic violence really means. That you can be spiritually abused, that you can be financially abused, sexually abused, mentally, emotionally, psychologically abused. God, we speak even to our mental capacity. Because there are so many times that PTSD uh, is a result of domestic violence. Uh, and we ask that you would speak, oh God, healing. And we decree healing uh, over all of those that will come across this broadcast. And even those that may not hear it, uh, as advocates undergird us, uh, cause us, oh God, not to become weary and burnt out by helping others. Uh, but God, help us to continue to remember while we're doing the work. Uh, we thank you, oh God, for this opportunity. We ask that you will bless Gigi as the visionary. Continue to expand her territory, God. Continue to use her for your glory, oh Lord. Continue to open doors that no man can close. Remember Renee, oh God. Remember, oh God, the form of this conference in the water. And then preparing the purpose and, 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 and uh, Dr. Lakeisha, oh God, designing your fit, designing your fit by Lakeisha. How we come together be able to provide this platform so people can tell their stories even for the first time, God. As you have told them repeatedly, let us not be weary and well-doing for your word declares that we will reap if we faint not. And God, we thank you for strength, power, and healing to be not just a victim or a survivor, but to become a thriver, God, that we will shed light to others that are in darkness. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Amber Lyons. And thank you all. God bless you all and be safe. God bless you thank all. You.